I'm Julianne DeLynn Hatton, and you're listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. This series will discuss the Prophet Joseph Smith and the authenticity of the gospel he restored. I'll be speaking with Michael R. Ash, author of the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Welcome, Michael Ash. Hi, Julianne. So we're about halfway through of Faith and Reason, getting towards the end. Probably by fall we'll be finished with these series. And, of course, we can follow up with any other new things that you find out about the Book of Mormon and evidence of the prophetic abilities of Joseph Smith. Where can we find a Faith and Reason? Uh, you can get it online from fairmormon.org. There's a wonderful bookstore. Uh, it's got a huge collection of LDS uh, books there. Um, you can get it through Deseret bookstores. Some of them stock it. Uh, all of them can special order it. It's, it's in their uh, their general inventory. You can also get it uh, uh, from Amazon. Perfect Father's Day gift, right? Yeah, I would. I would think so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just talking about the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's so much more in there. Our plan originally was to keep the podcast fairly short so that we could tantalize people so that they would get the book on their own to really find out the information that you've put so much work into. Well, thanks. Yeah. You know, and even in the book itself, I've tried to basically write this from perspective for the non-academic. Uh, I want any member to be able to pick this up and understand, hopefully, uh, some of the arguments that favor uh, a reason to believe w without having to get bogged down in, in uh, technical jargon. And, and I've hope, I hope I've accomplished that. You have accomplished that, and I've really enjoyed the book. Thank you. Today we're talking about the olive culture. Of course, this is something that has fascinated people ever since the Book of Mormon was written. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one that is kind of a, almost seems odd in the Book of Mormon and a little bit out of place. And several years ago, and, and I probably uh, should have looked up the details, but the organization known as, as FARMS at that time, the Foundation for Ancient Research and Mormon Studies out of BYU, that they've um, ended up being changed into the Neil A. Maxwell Institute. But at the time, they did an entire Saturday conference with somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 10 to 12 different presenters, some outstanding scholars, that addressed this uh, olive culture topic. And, and that's where I draw um, my uh, material from, is from the sources of this book. And, and that, that's something that you could find again at, uh, you know, Deseret or fairmormon.org or or uh, Amazon or, or any major bookstore that sells LDS books. And go directly to the Maxwell Institute probably too. Exactly, yeah, you could probably get it there as well, right. And, and what's fascinating about it is because, like I said, it's, a, it's an olive culture which we don't have in the United States, but in, in Jacob 5, he quotes from this ancient prophet Zenos, and, and Zenos gives this allegory about the wild and tame olive trees and how the Israelites would be scattered and the Gentiles would be grafted graft in the olive tree. And so it, it's an old world allegory. It's not something that comes from a, a New World or Mesoamerican type uh, allegory. And, and that's interesting because um, it's included in the Book of Mormon. And when it was taught properly to the Mesoamerican people, um, and, and, and I'm saying Mesoamerican because that's where I believe that the uh, uh, events took place. There's some di obviously disagreements on that, but in the ancient New World, that when these things were taught, they probably would have uh, been taught in, in a perspective that would have been comfortable 
to the people with, with, with some maybe um, some details that would have fit them. But Joseph Smith, using since he he can't couldn't read ancient languages, this was all through the power of the Holy Ghost. He received apparently what was originally taught from uh, Zenos on the topic that that uh, Nephi would have known uh, from the old world, and Jacob, as his brother, would have known as well. So this particular topic has some very fascinating ties to the old world things that Joseph Smith wouldn't have understood in his day. Give me some specific examples in Jacob 5 about the olive horticulture. Anybody that has an in farming would have some sort of agriculture and horticulture background, but a professional doctors of horticulture and uh, uh, plant genetics have gone through this and have found that there's very specific teachings in here that are unique pretty much to olives as far as as uh, grafting, as far as uh, uh, taming the wild plants, about burning the areas in, in order to make other areas grow, um, about how to make good soil, what constitutes bad soil, about seeds that are no good, about how to deal with pests and pathogens. There's all these things that are uniquely descriptive for the olive culture that wouldn't have applied to the type of uh, farms that Joseph Smith would have been familiar with. In fact, as these other scholars have pointed out, that uh, these things were not known even to some of the smartest people in Joseph Smith's day, or even in our day, because how many people, you know, in, in the United States nowadays even deal with, with uh, olive trees and olive cultures? There's, there's probably a few, but overall, people that are dealing with plants don't get into the types of areas that don't engage the type of specifics that we find in the Book of Mormon talking about the olive culture. And so the chances of Joseph Smith hitting these nails on the head for the olive culture just seem to be too far of a stretch to think that he just uh, luckily guessed all these types of things. It, it uh, stands to reason when you read about Zena's teaching of the olive culture from an old world perspective and how it matches what the old world people, the Israelites, would have known in his day, that whoever wrote that actually had hands-on experience with it. And that's something we couldn't have said for Joseph Smith. So we believe that Joseph Smith was actually translating the Book of Mormon. Of course, not everybody agrees with the Latter-day Saint view. However, he was quite accurate in describing the olive culture. Where would he have picked something like this up? Yeah, and, and we have to keep in mind that not only was he accurate in the description of the olive culture, but this is just one sample of the things that he got right. If he just got one thing right, we would say, well, this is a fantastic uh, lucky guess. I mean, he, he hit it a lot of things, but that's all it can be is a lucky guess. But he does this repeatedly throughout the Book of Mormon, and, and even in areas of the, of the Book of Abraham and uh, uh, early Christianity, he just keeps nailing these things. So it, it, it just, uh, again, seems um, more believable that his story is true. And we have to remember that Joseph Smith was dictating the Book of Mormon, and, and, and again, through the power of the uh, Holy Ghost, at a rate of about eight pages a day. And witnesses tell us that he didn't have any books in front of him, he didn't have any notes in front of him, and in fact he didn't revise the original manuscript. When he read it out to Oliver Cowdery being the main scribe, it was written down. And, and then later on they, they, there were a couple of punctuation things that they picked up, 
But overall, uh, it was just as dictated. And when you take this into account that nobody in his vicinity had the experience with the olive culture, you know, what are the chances of him getting this right without some help from somebody that actually knew it, um, which could only, in this case, have come from a divine translation, as he claimed. Thank you, Michael Ash. Thank you, Julianne. Thanks for listening to Faith and Reason on the Mormon Faircast. I'm your host, Julianne DeLynn Hatton, inviting you to keep the faith. Michael R. Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Faith and Reason is produced by Tom Hatton with music courtesy of Arthur Hatton. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can support this podcast by subscribing to it in iTunes and by rating it and writing a review. Questions or comments can be sent to podcast at fairmormon.org or you may join the conversation at fairblog.org.